A warm welcome to Disky Talk with Liolo. If you're tuning in for the very first time, I ask that you please subscribe and hit the notification bell. If you've been a part of this journey, I hope you thoroughly enjoy this episode. So, on today's episode, discuss all things Mamelodi Sundowns versus Kaiser Chiefs. So, the DSTV Premiership is back and back with the bang on the opening fixture, while the opening weekend of um, the restart of DSTV Premiership does see Mamelodi Sundowns taking on Kaiser Chiefs. So, on today's episode, I'm going to do a tactical preview of Mamelodi Sundowns versus Kaiser Chiefs. However, before I get into it, there are two segments dedicated at looking at both clubs in depth uh, separately. So, I will then start with Kaiser Chiefs and um, we'll then have a look at how they've started life in the DSTV Premiership of this season. So, Kaiser Chiefs then um, started against uh, Tears Galaxy. That was the opening encounter where they played to a 0-0 draw, which, yeah, it was a boring encounter. Kaiser Chiefs failed to create... Um, uh, a lot of clear-cut chances and as a result of that uh, it ended as nil-nil and um, if I'm not mistaken like one shot on target and uh, yeah that was just a very poor performance very lethargic as well you know we lacked a lot of creativity and a lot of fluidity and energy in that game and uh, as a result of that a lot of people were left unhappy and then the second game they played against Barroca at FNB Stadium, which ended 2-1 in Kaiser Chiefs' favor. Um, Cardoso and Biliat getting the goals on the day, with Keegan Dolly being voted for as the man of the match. And uh, yeah, he performed really, really well. Having Keegan uh, Dolly coming into the lineup changed a lot of things for Kaiser Chiefs. They looked a lot more positive, they looked a lot more energetic, and it was a much better performance from Kaiser Chiefs. But when we then have a look at um, this Kaiser Chiefs side. So, Kaiser Chiefs will be represented by the red team. So, Kaiser Chiefs have started in the season. They have started with Bruce. Bruce has played um, both games. At right back, they've had Blom. They've had two centre-halves in um, Matos, the right-sided centre-half. Cardoso is the left-sided centre-half. And then they've had Sviso Shanti at left back. So it's been a consistent defense so far. And um, one clean sheet and one goal conceded, you know. So from that perspective, one would say then uh, it has been, yeah, it has been, it has been good showings from um, the defense. But in my opinion, I think the best player out of this defense so far has been Unjablo Blom at right back. I think he's performed really well. And uh, to a certain degree, uh, a lot of the Kaiser Chiefs faithful felt like there was a crisis at right back. But Njabulo Blom has been able to kill all that doubt and has shown us that, uh, no, as the Kaiser Chiefs faithful, we can, be, um, we can be relaxed because he is there in that right back position and he's made it his own. So he's performed very well. The two centre-halves, yes, against TS Galaxy, they did keep a clean sheet. But I think you have to give it a lot more perspective with regards to the in-depth analysis. And you have to look at how TS Galaxy had set up in that game. So TS Galaxy didn't really 
um, they weren't really coming out to challenge and actually win the game. They were more interested in catching Kaiser Chiefs on the counter. So they didn't in institute a high press. What they went with was a mid to low block. So they'd variate during the, during the game, a different phase of the game. And uh, look, they didn't really create too many chances themselves, you know. And uh, yeah, as a result of that, we managed to get the clean sheet. And I wouldn't say they were tested, but whenever they were, they were at least able to make sure that they don't concede on the day. Suiso Shanti in that game for me was very lackadaisy and uh, didn't really put on a good showing. And then the second game against Barroca, it was a much better performance, you know, uh, from Jabulo Plom. Uh, he even got the assist for the first goal, beautiful assist, and uh, he played really well at right back that evening. I even think that uh, after Keegan Dolly, he would have been my man of the match, you know, very solid at right back. But there's a problem here at uh, centre half, which needs to be addressed with the centre back pairing, you know. Firstly, um, I just think that as a pair, they have been struggling. And uh, it's sort of baffling because they've been playing together for a while. You'd like to think that there would be more or less a cohesive understanding. But the way they read the game and uh, how they develop the game as well, they lose balls and, yeah, too many mistakes at times, you know, from this experienced pair, which then leads a Bruce at times to come out and to actually try either punch those balls or catch those balls and, you know, he ends up making a mistake himself. And that's because he doesn't trust his centre-back pair, you know. So there are problems there at centre-half, but we do know that we won't see change anytime soon because Stuart Baxter has come out and reiterated the importance of keeping an experienced pair. And when you look at the two centre-halves they've signed in Tabani Dube and Jawulun Ngobo, they don't have that experience that he requires and they don't have the acumen and the know-how to fit into his system as opposed to how these two have fitted into his system. So we're not going to see a change there. If we are to see a change, it will be either Jabulo Ngobo or Tawani Dube partnering one of the two. But we're not going to see a complete change at centre-back with regards to the partnership. But going forward then, I just think that they have to work on their decision-making when they get onto the ball and when they're developing phase, in the build-up phase, especially when um, players like Nange and Alexander show up in the consolidation phase to collect the ball, you know? Because against TS Galaxy, for example, and this has happened against TS Galaxy and Barroca, where you find that Matoa is on the ball and we're in a very comfortable build-up phase, which is transitioning into consolidation phase, and then he'd make one mistake and uh, one pass wrong and then that would see us go from um, being comfortable in build-up phase to then having to scramble back and defend just because of one bad pass you know and we find ourselves under pressure so things like that have to get cut out from uh, Mator and Cardoso's game I do know that they're in their 30s now and you know how do you coach that out of experienced players you know but those mistakes could prove costly, especially when you come up against uh, elite opposition and opposition who will make use of that. So, very important then that um, they keep it tight at the back and they minimize the mistakes that they make, you know. Also, their communication has to be a lot better and we have to see a better uh, defensive triangle from Chiefs' perspective. They have to get um, to a point where they're on the same wavelength and 
the communication is a lot better. At left-back, Clanti has improved, I must say, uh, against Barroca. He delivered the assist. So, uh, also very um, important to note that both fullbacks have registered assists. So, from an offensive perspective, the fullbacks are chipping in, So, which is good to see. And, um, yeah, so, so far, so good to a certain degree. But, obviously, there are changes we would like to see being instituted in Mabiliso and uh, the two centre-offs coming in. But, it's a question of experience. So, this is the back four we will see going into um, further on into the season. In goals, Bruce has started, but once Kune is fit, I'd like to presume that he slots right in. And then the two defensive midfielders, we've had uh, Alexander and then we've had Patucheza Nange. So these two I've been happy with. You know, it's just from a depth perspective, there's a gay on the bench and... My qualm then is, if anything were to happen to one of these two, then you're looking at potentially a gay coming in, which I think then, yeah, he's not a right fit. But here's an unpopular opinion. Let's have a look at it from a different perspective. You've got Reef Frostler on the bench, who we know that from a defensive perspective, as a fullback, he struggles. But going forward, from a qualitative perspective, he ticks the box. And from a technical perspective, very good. So I then think that, I think... Um, we should be looking at a Frostler being used and instituted as a deep-laying midfielder, you know, to deputize for a Patu Chezanange or Cole Alexander when one of them get injured. I think that would still, um, that would still predicate for quality and ball progression within the midfield with regards to how uh, Kayser Chiefs build up. So that's what I would look to do in the midfield. And then uh, the three so far... Uh, on the right, it's been Sikhota or Dolly. I think both of them have been uh, very good. But most notably, uh, Dolly. Dolly has been great for Kaiser Chiefs. However, I'd look to institute both. So have Dolly on one side and have Sikhota on the other side. Because what would that do then? It would give us so much A, balance and fluidity in um, vertical zone 1 and 2 and then vertical zone 5 and 4 whenever we look to go forward. Because now... Um, the back line of the opposition would be very occupied, you know. It wouldn't be a lopsided approach where on one side we're overloaded and we're looking to attack. But on both sides, we're looking to attack. On both sides, we've got equally strong players. So that's what I would be looking to do. But you got Dolly, you'd have uh, Nukovic on the left, and then you'd have Parker. So these two have been a problem for me because whenever Kayser Chiefs look to play and... Um, they are going through their strides with regards to progressing the ball upfield into consolidation phase and looking to break into incision phase. Whenever these two get onto the ball, the game slows down. In turn, that affects um, the passing patterns and the movement of the ball. And especially when you've got such free-flowing, fluid football being um, instituted by a Kama Biliad and a Keegan Dolly. I just think to complement these two, you need a Sikhota and you need a Ngobo because what would that do then? We would see a much more free-flowing, fluid game of football and uh, we haven't, we don't always see that. Against Barocca, we saw that, but to a certain degree, it was limited because whenever it gets to Parker, it would break down. Nukovic, he'd have to control the ball two, three times and then release the pass. Whereas with your Ngobos and Sikhotas, they're very much intertwined with your Biliat and Dolly. They play off the cuff. It's one touch into them, one pass, they spin off, you know. And you could institute a lot of third-man runs. So what you could see is you could see um, triangulation being instituted 
and then uh, sort of a third or fourth man run. So what you would see is then you would see um, Billiard there, you'd have Nobo there, and then you'd have uh, let's say uh, a Keegan Dolly, and then you've got Sihota. And what I love about this is that on both sides you could be using third man run. And you could use a third-man run where you have a supporting player running with or sort of a fourth-man run in a sense. So in a sense, what you could do, because what Kaiser Chiefs were doing really well against Barocca is that it was free, it was flowing, it was fluid, and they were making these runs, especially Biliat with Dolly on this side. And uh, they were breaking down the opposition, especially in vertical zone four. Uh, starting from vertical zone 5 and then vertical zone 4 and then having Kamabilia pop up in zone 14 and vertical zone 3. So what you could see is, for example, you could see maybe Ngobo with the ball. He plays it into Biliat. Biliat lays it off. And then Dolly looking then for that pass into there. That's Kamabilia. Or sometimes what you could see is uh, Dolly's on the ball. He plays it into Biliat. Biliat drops it off. Third man run by a Sihota into um, the central spaces. Because what they do very well is that they sort of step up. And what they do is that they drag the opposition. So when they drag the opposition, they're looking for that space in behind. So you could see that from um, Kaiser Chiefs. You could see a third man run. And then you could also see triangulation passing pattern, which then releases the third man run and then has a supporting run coming with them. So that's what I would personally do. But um, look, with Stuart Baxter, we do know that it's going to be Biliat, it's going to be Nukovic, it's going to be Parker. Also, a special mention does go to Sabelo Khatev, another player who could be instituted into this lineup. Uh, Manyama, apparently he is um, back in full training. Hopefully, let's see how he can be used. Hopefully, he can be used as a false nine, as um, I think that would be his best suited position and best suited role within this Keza Chief side. Dumisani Zuma is another one who could impact. So, so far, so good. In certain areas, it's looking good for Keza Chiefs. And that's what they could be looking to do, as I will go into deep tactical analysis uh, in the extra time segment, as I do a tactical analysis of their game between them and Mamelodi Sundowns. However, let's move on then to Mamelodi Sundowns. And let's have a look at Mamelodi Sundowns with regards to how they've kick-started the season. So, um, yeah, so like Chiefs, they've got... Um, Sort of a similar record. It's uh, played two, draw, drawn one, one one. So uh, the two that they've played, they've played Amazulu. That was the opening fixture, and then they played against Chipper United. So against Amazulu, they won one nil, courtesy of a Tembazwane penalty. And uh, yeah, but against Amazulu, they struggled. You know, they struggled to institute that free flowing football that they normally would in um, uh, in in in. Uh, Vertical zone 2 and vertical zone uh, 4 as well. So they struggled because they were not able to penetrate those half spaces and overload in the midfield. Amazulu were very smart on the day. They packed the midfield. As I always say, whenever you do come up against sundowns, if you can pack the midfield and institute uh, a brave approach against sundowns, then they will struggle. You know, So they have struggled. And... Um, most notable lineup, yes, there were changes made in the MTN8, but the most notable lineup has been um, Onyango in goals, right side at centre half. They've had Grant Kekana, Libero, they've had uh, Rivaldo Kutsia as the left side at centre half. They've had um, Deruk, they've had Mvala, they've had uh, Hashim Domingo, uh, 
Mudao was there, but he got injured against Chipper United. So Tapelo Murena came in, and then at left back, well, left wing back, they've had Lila Kay, and then up front, look, they've had Shalulile as the mainstay, and then they've had Mudiba and Serino. But at some point, Mayama started against Chipper, against uh, Amazulu, Zwane started, but those two um, have not come back into the lineup. Uh, with Zwane, picked up an injury, and then I think Mayama, well, um, against uh, Chipper United, didn't really, yeah, didn't really threaten. So, yeah, so that's why he fell out of the starting lineup. But, yeah, that's what it's been like for Sundowns. But in open play, in DSTV Premiership football, they haven't scored a goal yet, you know, which can be a bit worrying for this Sundown side, considering the type of players they have and the, their approach to games and how they normally institute their style of play. So, yeah, it can be a bit uh, worrying, but I attribute that to, look, the regular shape that Sundowns would have in opposition half is that you will have um, them occupy, obviously, vertical zone 2, vertical zone 4. That is when we're reading the game from this side now, you know, so it sort of changes. And then you have uh, Tapelo Muren and Vertical Zone 5 giving the width. You've got Lila K, Vertical Zone 1 giving the width. And then you've got the two in midfield. And then you've got sort of Kutsia uh, as the libero. You've got Grand Kekana. And then you've got Rushin Duruk. So this is normally what they would shape up like in the opposition half. Very offensive. And um, whenever opposition have come up against Sundowns, what they're doing now is that they're starting to close certain passing channels, especially uh, vertical zone 4 and vertical zone 2, and then they protect zone 14 because that's where Mamelodi Sundowns normally are able then to penetrate and uh, are able to pick teams off, create chances, and then score goals. So what teams are doing now is that they'll have a bank of 4 and 5. And then they close the spaces. And when they close the spaces, it now becomes very difficult. Charlie becomes isolated, but he's boxed. He's boxed in here. And they make sure they squeeze the midfield, you know. And now, Mamelodi Sundowns normally love to institute a numerical advantage in the midfield, you know, with Rivaldo Kutsia and then having uh, the two number 10s. So, on, look, when they have Zwane and they have Serenium, what they're good for is that they come in and then it sort of becomes a numerical advantage. It can become a four versus three. So you've got your four midfielders in there. So you'd have Mvala, you'd have uh, Domingo, you'd have Serino, you'd have Zwane versus three midfielders, right? That's what, it would that's what it would look like, you know. But now, when you then have an Aubrey Mudiba, then you have a Serino. Serino can come, but he's not as great as doing that as Azwane. So even then, they don't have the numerical advantage then at times, you know. Sometimes, yes, Rivaldo Kutsia would join with Zwane. Do you understand? It becomes sort of a five versus three, but then the striker would have to drop, and then it becomes a five versus four. They'd have that numerical advantage, you know, and they'd have Azwane and Serino who know how to manipulate. But with Serino, he's a bit further up, you know, because that's what he's, he's better suited further up Zwane can start from deep, he comes in, but he's better suited at manipulating. So, uh, Sundowns, uh, yes, they've had the numerical advantage, but the personnel, you know, in Toby Vala and Hashim Domingo, in Mudiba and Serino, yeah, these four aren't the best at doing this for Mamelodi Sundowns when it comes to the numerical advantage. 
they aren't the best, especially when you look at um, Vala, in my own opinion. I think he struggles because when teams set up like this against Sundowns, you need a midfielder who's very good at taking risks, A, B, who can squeeze in passes in the half space, squeeze in passes in central zones and find the player's feet. Now, Vala doesn't do that. He looks for the safer pass. So you'll see him even coming out deep like that. And then the safe pass is into Murena. The safe pass is when uh, Mudiba drops maybe too deep. That's the safe pass. Now you need a midfielder who's got a pass that can break the eye of the needle pass. So the pass which can split, it eliminates two men and he's in there. You know, that pass that he found against um, Kayser Chiefs in the MTN8 that got Zwane in, he picked up the ball in that area. He split two men. Zwane gets the ball, finishes. We need to see more of that from him if he's to be in midfield going forward. But Sundowns have struggled in this area. And this is the area that Sundowns normally win matches in. So that's where it's been a problem for Mamalodi Sundowns. And I think it's a personnel issue because you get Zwane back, you get Serino back, and then you get Jali and you get Nkulisi different ball game because now they know how to inst- institute with Rivaldo Katia then joining but now with um, them not having that numerical advantage sometimes with Rivaldo Katia especially if you're playing against a team that is quick on the counter he then is wary to the counter so he's sometimes you won't always join too much because sometimes you're thinking okay fine if I join and we lose the ball we're very exposed so sometimes he's been a bit conservative because also, they have not been the best when it comes to retaining the ball. But when you've got your trusted players in your Zwane, Serino, Jali, and Kulisi, you know they retain the ball very well. They retain the ball a lot better than Hashim, Domingo, and Vala. So, he can then join. And then it becomes that um, 5 versus 3, 5 versus 4 numerical advantage in the central zone, in vertical zone 3. So, that's where Sundowns have struggled, in my opinion. And if they can get those players fully fit, I think then they start to dominate Again, but let's head off then into the extra time segment where we have a tactical preview of Mamelodi Sundowns versus Kaiser Chiefs. It is a repeat of um, the MTN8 uh, fixture, which was uh, played in uh, Pele, where Sundowns won on penalties. You know, uh, very excited for this one because both teams have had uh, international break. So both teams have had ample time to work on certain facets and nuances that they've been struggling with. And uh, hopefully, we see, um, hopefully we see better quality from both sides, you know, going into this game. So both teams have had a good rest and uh, both teams have picked up with regards to match fitness and fitness as well. So I'm very excited going into this one. So let's have a look then. The red team will represent Kaiser Chiefs. The blue team will represent Mamelodi Sundowns. When we have a look at Kaiser Chiefs then, like I've mentioned in goals, um, uh, most likely you'll have Bruce, if not Bruce, Kune. And then the back four stays the same. Uh, if Look, I always mention that uh, anything can change, you know, as I do record days in advance. So certain things do, ha- do happen during the week. At the training session, a player can pick up a knock. Or, you know, anything can happen. Or a coach can see something and then he wants to tweak it. But I'm going with the most likely. So the back four then being uh, Blom at right back. Two centre-halves. You've got uh, 
uh, Matoho and Kadoso. Kadoso as the left-sided centre-off. Matoho is the right-sided centre-off. You've got Sviso Shanti. You've got the double pivot of Nange and Alexander. You've got Nukovic starting there. You've got Parker. You've got Biliat who starts now in a nine position. And then you've got Keegan Dolly. I think this past two weeks has done him a world of good. I think you'd have picked up match fitness. But wouldn't be surprised to see Sikhota starting. And then um, when we look at sundowns then... Uh, we do know that um, a couple of players are back. So Nascimento's back. Uh, it looks like uh, Zwane is also back uh, in training. So they could look to feature in this side. But most likely, anything can change. Let's go with the most likely. Onyango in goals. Grant Kekana is the left at the right side at center half. Uh, we've got uh, Kutsia as your libero. And then you've got Rishun Duruk. But... If Nascimento is fully fit and ready to go, you could have Rushin Duruk as the right-sided centre-half and then Nascimento as the left-sided centre-half going back to his natural position where he's very comfortable. Then you got uh, Kutsia as the libero. But we will say Kran Kekana, Kutsia and um, uh, Rushin Duruk. But on Kran Kekana, we can say Kran Kekana slash Nascimento, then the swap. So in midfield, then uh, you've got Vala and Hashim Domingo possibly continue. But um, to note, in the MTN8 fixture against Golden Arrows, we saw a much more positive performance from Sundowns. And they went with um, uh, Jali and Kulisi in there, which is what I personally think should happen. I'd like to see Jali and Kulisi being um, reinstated back into the heart of midfield. But Vala and Hashim Domingo, Laila Kay, Tapelo Murena, you got Shalulile, you got Serino. Erasmus started the last time, but if Zwan is fully fit, then he slots back in, and then you've got that front three. So this is how then the game will shape up from a formations perspective and approach perspective. With Kaiser Chiefs, you've got the 4-2-3-1. With Sundowns, you've got the 3-4-3 three, three that they love to institute. So let's look at Kaiser Chiefs then and uh, have a look at who will be key. So for Kaiser Chiefs, Keegan Dolly. And uh, look, he's going to be very instrumental because when Keegan Dolly played against Barocca, we saw a very different performance for Kaiser Chiefs, you know. And what he did in vertical zone four was absolutely amazing. And this is where he can get sundowns because now when sundowns play with the back three, vertical zone five and vertical zone four are always, in a sense, you could exploit those channels, you know. Because the confusion then becomes with the full back, well, with the wing back and the left side at center half, who picks up who at times, if you have a successful overload, you know, so let's just push the guys in there, and um, yeah, and if you remember very well, when Keegan Dolly played against Sundowns in the MTN8, he came on, and he picked up the ball in this position, and he played that lovely ball into um, Kama Biliat, who made a beautiful run, and then finished with the plomb, so you must always uh, be cognizant of how dangerous Dolly is, especially when he starts out wide and then he comes into and he drifts into this half space, which is vertical zone four. So I think uh, Keegan Dolly will be key for this Kaiser T side. He gives them so much energy and impetus going forward. So I've highlighted him as um, the key player. And the other key player to look at is Njabulo Blom. And the relationship that is developing down this right-hand side with Keegan Dolly and Njabulo Blom is absolutely um, phenomenal with regards to how much potential it has. Because when uh, Keegan Dolly occupies vertical zone 4, Njabulo Blom will occupy vertical zone 5. 
and that's this wide channel going out wide and uh, he can deliver a very mean cross on him and we've already seen that there's this beautiful synergy which is developing between them they read the game on a similar wavelength so much so that against Marocco when um, Keza Chiefs had overloaded the left hand side this was actually a beautiful goal actually a beautiful build up as well they'd overloaded the left hand side and um, a ball then was played into Keegan Dolly. Keegan Dolly, what he did was he saw that Blom was making the run. As Blom was making the run, Keegan Dolly stepped inside into vertical zone four. When he stepped into vertical zone four, that ball being rolled into him, he acted as if he was going to go for the ball, and then he just left it. When he left it, the ball rolled into this area. Blom runs onto it. Kama Biliad comes in. Runs being made into the box. He plays it into him. Beautiful first-time finish. And that's what they did very well. And that's because on the right-hand side, there's this beautiful partnership being instituted between Keegan Dolly and Jabulo Blom. Those are the players to watch out for. And uh, from a defensive perspective, also, how does Jabulo Blom deal with, when, uh, with Lila K? Whenever, whenever Mamlori Sundowns do look to overload, um, the right-hand side being their vertical zone 5 and then looking to switch to vertical zone 1 to attack on this side. So from Kayser Chief's perspective, Njabulo Blom, Keegan Dolly, key players going into this encounter. So when we then shift the perspective and have a look at Mamelodi Sundowns as to who will be their key players, um, it's going to be very interesting, this encounter. You know, coming back from the break, You'd like to think both teams are fully fit. They're raring to go. They want to get those three points and build on that momentum. So when we have a look at Sundowns, a um, bit of a tricky one, you know, because we don't know with regards to fitness. Uh, where is Temba Zwane? Is he coming back? What's happening? But if he does come back, I'd like to think that he's going to be absolutely paramount for Mabinori Sundowns, especially, like I mentioned, in the half spaces for Sundowns, you know, and also being able to institute that numerical advantage they have in the midfield in vertical zone three whenever they look to overload from a central perspective. So, Zwane, very key in this encounter, and um, going to be very interesting then to see then as to how um, the rest of the team go about their business, you know, and uh, Lila K as well. You know, Lila K, very important. So I see this battle as um, sort of, it's going to be this battle from from the right-hand side of Kayser Chiefs and then the left-hand side of Mamelodi Sundowns because Lila K has been absolutely instrumental and pivotal to how Sundowns go forward and uh, how he also looks to deliver those balls into the box. So, ladies and gentlemen, we've come to an end of yet another special episode of Disco Talk with Leolo. I thoroughly enjoyed breaking down both Kaiser Chiefs and Mamelodi Sundowns, but I can't leave without giving a prediction. So I think this is going to be a mouth-watering encounter, and to a certain degree, I think it's going to be a very open game where both teams will go at, go at each other at certain periods. But with this one, yeah, look, if Zwan is back, and um, Zwane, Serino, Shalile start, and in midfield you've got Jali and Kulisi. Then I'll give it to Mamelodi Sundowns 2 1. But if the above mentioned names aren't included into the starting lineup, then I think Kaiser Chiefs have just slightly an upper hand, you know. And then if it's that way, then I'll give it to Kaiser Chiefs 
2-1. So it's Mamelodi Sundowns, 2-1, subject to those players coming in. But if they don't, I think then Kaiser Chiefs have the upper hand on this one. So thank you very much for tuning in to yet another special episode of Disky Talk with Riolo. I thoroughly enjoyed this one. Signing which are which are signing out. <laughs> <laughs>